You, you all may be seated today in the presence of the Lord. And so good to see all of you with us this morning. Uh, this uh, worship set set us up for what the Lord has put on my heart. It's been on my heart for, been stirring in my spirit now for about six weeks or so. And you know, sometimes good food takes a little longer to simmer and and uh, especially if you're smoking barbecue, you let it sit for a while in that smoker. Somebody knows what I'm talking about who's a barbecuer and others who are cooks. You know, some foods just need to simmer a little bit. And this, this particular word's been simmering in my, in my heart for a while. And, and today's the day to, to let it come forth. And so um, we, we are uh, finishing up a, a series that we started at the beginning of the summer in June. It's called prayers, and today I want to I want to minister on a word called the prayer of power and love, the prayer of power and love, and so uh, we want to get into that. That's found in Ephesians chapter three. If you've got your Bibles or smartphones, you can get there. Ephesians three. Uh, these verses should be on the screen for us this morning as well, and as we as we get right into this, let me just set this up today. We sang, we sang about power, new wine and new power from, from heaven that God wants to put in our life and, be, and, and, and work in us. We, we sang about the foundation of his love, um, and, 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 and we kind of culminated it all together in that last uh, song called The Blessing, where straight out of Scripture, out of Numbers chapter 6, and uh, how the Lord will speak this blessing over his followers, over his people, and how he wants to pour into us, um, and how he wants to establish and, and, and stamp his signature on our life, the mark of God on our life to be evident. And, and it's not about being flashy, it's not about flaunting anything, it, it's about simply being who we were created to be, to live how He has created us to live in His honor, for His glory, and for our good. And so this prayer here is, is written by the Apostle Paul. Now here's the thing about this, this letter to the Ephesians, the, the, to the churches all across Ephesus. Paul wrote this when he was in prison. He wrote this when he was in uh, around A.D. 61. It was around the time near the very end of his, t- his life and his ministry where he was in a Roman prison. Uh, he was in, under house arrest, and, and he, God set him down in a way, used that time of, of, his, uh, tr- of, his, of this trial he was in to just get still and to write uh, to, to the churches and to the believers. And so we're, we're blessed with this particular letter because um, it has a couple of different prayers that, that Paul incorporated, and, um, and I was back and forth about which one I was supposed to have been uh, looking at, and this is the one that, uh, that, that I spent the most time on, um, and, um, and it, it, a lot of us might be familiar to us, but it's found in verses 14 through 21. Uh, and I'm just titling it The Prayer of Power and Love. And, and Paul writes this from a place of, when I say trial, a time of affliction, a time of, of, of tribulation, a time of trouble um, that he, he's bound and he can't leave, he can't go. Paul was a goer, Paul was a mover, Paul was a shaker. Paul, Paul, Paul went places and established things and God used him in mighty ways. And uh, his conversion was, was powerful, Paul Paul's conversion was powerful, and, and how, how, 
how he thought he, he had it all going on and found out he didn't have anything happening, really. And God knocked him off his horse and blinded him and brought him to a place of, of stillness in his, in his conversion and where he couldn't see for, for a period of time. And, and, and finally, he, God removed it like scales from his eyes and opened him up and, and realized the, that Paul had encountered the living God. Paul had encountered Jesus. Paul was not just going to be a someone who, who could try to be a good person, but Paul was going to be a powerful person. Come on, it's not about trying to be good all the time as much as it's trying to be obedient to the Lord in the sense of opening your life up to let Jesus be real in your life. And so, so I want to get into this today. The Lord has, has a lot He wants to tell us uh, in, in a short amount of time, but um, listen, I believe I was telling uh, Meg and our worship leader before service, I was like, you know, I believe the Lord wants each wants to take each week of our gatherings here and build upon the last one. Um, and uh, that it not be, that it kind of be a continual uh, open series that God writes, an open-ended series that he's writing from week to week. And, uh, and I say that to, to just say that, man, I hope you, uh, you make Sunday a continual priority uh, in the sense that you will give yourself every opportunity you can to be here together as the church uh, in the presence of God. Because I, I, those, how many were here last, last Sunday, right? Show of hands. How many were here last Sunday? Quite a few of you were here last Sunday. And um, just a powerful time, a prophetic time. Uh, well, we hadn't had that in quite some time, and, and God just really set that whole whole time up for us last week. And 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 really, um, man, I don't know, just did some pretty significant things in the way He touched lives, healed people physically, and spoke things into our life that uh, uh, that 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 were straight from heaven. And so, I believe there's a continual overflow and a building from week to week that we're moving into. And so I just want to tell you that. And um, let's look at this. Chapter 3, verse 14. Paul is writing this, and he's going to go into it as a prayer. And, and, he, and he says this. When, when I think of all this, he says, I fall to my knees, and, and I pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I, I love the fact that he has to reiterate and establish that when he's writing this and sending this letter to the believers that he says, I'm praying, but I'm not just praying to anybody. I'm not praying to just any God. I'm praying to the Father, the God, the creator of heaven and earth, everything, the one who established it all back in Genesis 1.1. He said, I'm praying to the one who made everything, who created everything. And he said, I, I'm, I'm, writing, I'm writing this to let you know that when I pray, I'm praying to the one who can do something for you. I'm praying to the God who can answer. I'm praying to the God who can move. I'm praying to the God who can respond to your life. And this is what he goes on and prays. He said in verse 16, I pray that from his, God's glorious, unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Man, there's so much in that verse that I want to take a minute to, to, to walk through together. He says, that, and I pray that from God's glorious un, unlimited resources, the, 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 the Greek writing behind that says um, the unlimited resources mean this, God's abundance of possessions. 
God's economic prosperity, God's heavenly riches in Christ, both material and spiritual. And so Paul's saying, look, I'm praying to God the Father, the creator of everything on, in heaven and on earth, and I'm praying that from his unlimited resources, God has unlimited resources and abundance of things that he wants to put in our life for a purpose. And here's the thing, this prayer is not being prayed from what would kind of be labeled as a as a as a uh, a hyper prosperity theology in the sense that man that says this, if if you um if you love God and you you won't ever have any trouble. You won't ever have any problems. You won't ever have any hardships because that's just not true. Uh, it, it's, it's a false claim, and, and because this is written, Paul writes in verse 13, he says, don't lose heart because of my trials here. He said, I am suffering for you. I am suffering for you, so you should feel honored. He's like, look, I'm writing this and letting you know I'm praying this about God's unlimited resources even while I'm facing trials. Even while I'm going through suffering, even while I'm going through real life, I'm praying and letting you know that I believe God has unlimited resources and abundance of possessions that he wants to put in your life, even in the midst of when you go through trials. And so when we face difficulty and we face challenges and we face these hardships in life, Paul's reminding us that we need to tap back into the unlimited resources that God has because he goes on and he says, from these unlimited resources, he will, God will empower you. He will empower you. And that word means to make you strong with the Greek word called dunamis. It's spelled D-Y-N-A-M-I-S, where we get our word dynamite, okay? So he says, I'm praying that from God's unlimited resources, he will empower you. He will make you strong like dynamite in the sense he... And this is what this, the definition, the expansion of this word means. It means force. He says, I pray that God will empower you. He will make you strong with force, with ability, with power for performing miracles, with moral power and excellence of the soul, with power and influence which belong to riches and wealth, and with power and influence arising from numbers. That's, that's the total package of, of that meaning. It says, I'm praying that God, who has unlimited resources, would empower you, would make you strong, would make you f- have force, would make you have ability, would make you have this kind of power in your life. And he says, then he goes on, he says, where? Where does this power need to reside? Where does this power need to sit? Where does this power need to exist? Where does this power need to play out in your life? He says that he would empower you with... <clears throat> Inner strength, inner strength within, internally, in the soul is where you need to be made strong. Not, don't, don't get caught up on the external side of, of your facade, of your physique, of your facial expressions, of your tone, so to speak, of your attitude, so to speak. No, go deeper, go on down inside the soul. That's where the strength and the power of God wants to live on the inside of you. And he said it's through, he said this is how you get strong, is it through his spirit. 
through His Spirit, through the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, we're reminded in Scripture and taught that, that this, that, that the same Spirit in Romans, that the same Spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead is the same Spirit that lives inside of a believer in Christ Jesus. And then again, in 1 John, it's te- the Scripture teaches us that, that greater is He who is in you than the one who is in the world. Greater is the Spirit of God in you than the Spirit that is in this world. Greater is He that is in you. The Lord spoke to me this morning when I was looking over this again, that greatness lives inside of you. Do you know why greatness lives inside of you? Not because of your name, not because of your story, not because of your education, not because of your degrees, not because of your money status, not because of your house status, not because of anything else, not because of your your clothes. Greatness lives in you because if you're a born-again believer, greatness lives in you because of the Spirit of God who is great on the inside of you. And here's the, here's the alternative to all of that stuff. Regardless of where you f- you're from, regardless of what you've been through, regardless of your hang-ups, your habits, your shortcomings, or whatever it is that sets you back in life from time to time, regardless of all that, greater is he who is in you. The Holy Spirit lives in you because he is the great one. The greater is Jesus. The greater is the Holy Spirit because greatness can live in you because Jesus lives in you. And when Jesus occupies the space of a human soul, greatness overtakes them regardless of who they are, regardless of what they they've been through, regardless of what they've got going on, regardless of what they don't have going on, regardless of whatever and whoever may be against them, because the Bible teaches us in Romans 8 that greater is he who is in me because God is for me and he is not against me. And if God is for me, who can be against me? Yeah, we may have things against us. We may have situations against us. We may have people against us. We may look back and see our past is against us. But when God is for you, nothing can really be against you because greatness lives on the inside of you. I'm not trying to give a pep talk, a pep rally and make you feel good. I'm just wanting you to get the fact that Jesus is great. He overcame death. He overcame hell. He overcame the grave. He overcame the cross. He overcame sin. He overcomes every single thing. And when Jesus lives in you by the power of the Holy Spirit, greatness reigns on the inside of you. Greatness exists in you. Greatness is on you. Greatness is within you. And you need to begin to look in the mirror and see yourself not the way you see you, but the way God sees you. God is great and greatness lives in you. You. I don't think I'm talking to anybody today. Greatness lives inside of us. Greatness is bigger than our fears. Greatness is bigger than, here's this, greatness is bigger than our failures. Greatness is bigger than all of our missteps. So it changes the fact that when you're born again, you have the power of the Holy Spirit living in you, that you're not digging from the well of of yourself. You're going into the depth of the Holy Spirit who is the wellspring of life. And when He lives in you, and He's free to move and 
have his way in your life. He pushes through walls. In fact, he tears them down. He restructures. What you thought was good, he's like, that's not good enough, so let's get rid of that. What you thought you needed to be dependent on, he's like, that's not good for you in the long run, so let's change that. You see, greatness knows what it takes to be great because greatness is great. Greatness has been there, done that. Greatness, greatness is, has already been where any step you and I will ever take, greatness is already there. God has defined it. God has set it out for us. God has created us for good works in Christ Jesus. That we are his masterpiece created in the image of God. And God's, God's saying, look, when you just put me first, you let me have my way in your life, I will make greatness come to life for you. I will make greatness happen for you. Now, don't get the term greatness mixed up with fame. Because not everybody's famous, and not everyone who's famous loves being famous. It's never about fame. It's never about fortune. It's never about all of the things we think are, are defined by greatness. Greatness is defined by first God living in us, the power of the Spirit living in us. And as that happens, greatness then taking its turn in our life to not make us great in the sense of my name, but make Jesus great in me and through me. I think I'm going to change microphones. Yeah. Isn't that great? <laughs> and so that's what lives, that's what Paul's praying. He's like, man, I, I'm praying this will happen in your life. Anybody else want that kind of thing to happen? That's called power. That's called power. That's the power. It's the pure power of God. And when the pure power of God is at work in, uh, in our life, we don't power trip. You ever been around people who power trip? People who think they have a title and think they know it all and take advantage of their position, take advantage of, of knowledge, take advantage of things and hold it over people's lives and come in and boss people around, bully people around, tell everybody what to do and they don't do anything. You see, in the, in the pure power of God, it's not about power tripping. It's about just living who you were created to be. And when, and when you got greatness working for you, greatness working in you, it's not about display. It's not about flaunt. You see, when Peter and, and James went to the temple to go pray one day, they were just going to pray, nothing magical about their day. They, they, I mean, I don't know what exactly they had going on, what they were dressed in or whatever exactly, but it, it's probably not what we think it was. They were just doing their thing, going to pray, and there was this person on the outside who, 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 who needed help. Who were bound, they were bound, and they, they were in a stronghold, and they, they, were, like, they were begging for money, and uh, Peter looked at him, he's like, hey, I don't have any money on me, but what I do have, in the name of Jesus, I command you to get up and walk. By the power that's on the inside of me, by the greatness of God that's on the inside of me, I'm looking at you today and I'm telling you, it's time for you to get up and walk and quit begging for the rest of your life. It's time for a change in your life. See, that's what greatness does. Peter and James didn't walk around with a sign. They didn't have Instagram back in those days. They didn't have the TikTok videos. Or whatever move it is, I cannot, so therefore I won't. 
They didn't have people going ahead of them, you know, promoting their tours, going ahead of them in cities and putting it on the billboards and, and, you know, and doing all the promotional events and the media markets and all of those things. They just simply had the greatness of God living on the inside of them. In fact, it was noted at one, one point in time that about all these disciples who had the greatness of God living in them, it said that these people, these men and women, they were just ordinary people who were uneducated. Meaning they didn't have the degrees, they didn't have the training that a lot of these Pharisees, that all these Pharisees and other religious leaders of the day had. They were just people who were letting Jesus be real in their life. And as a, re, as a result, greatness was oozing out of them. Greatness was spilling over them. i got to move on. That's just power. But here's the thing about it. We, we can't just be caught up in having power only. God wants us to also have his love. And we'll, we'll find out why. Because here's the thing. Power without love, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 13, power without love is you're just a show off of nothing. Paul wrote that. He said, look, if I, could, I, if I had all the faith and I could move any mountain in the world I wanted to move, but I didn't have love, he said, I am nothing. 1 Corinthians 13, 2, I am nothing. So power without love is, means we're just a show off. But we got to have love as well. And he transitions in verse 17. He says, he says I pray that for the power, but then here's the thing. He says, then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. That's the key phrase, as you trust in him. Can you say that? As you trust in him. As you trust in him. He says your roots will grow down into God's love and it will keep you strong. As you trust in him, we will be rooted and grounded in God's love. What does that mean? As you trust in him, as you use your faith. And here's what the Greek definition of that means. As you live with a persuasion, a credence, a moral conviction, and a reliance upon Christ through a relationship he said, you will be rooted and grounded in love. So it takes, takes a whole new meaning when it says, use your faith as you trust in Jesus. Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus, just to take him at his word. What does that mean? It means to use our faith, to live with a persuasion, to live with a credence, to live with a moral conviction, to live with a reliance upon Christ in a personal relationship. And Paul says you need that because you can't just be a wild frontiers person out there in, the war, in, the, in life with all this power. No, God says you got to be tamed a little bit. And the thing that tames us is his love. He says you need his love and you got to use your faith. So we have this responsibility if we want God's power within us to make us strong within, then we have the responsibility to use our faith. And when we use our faith, we're living in a in a reliance upon Jesus in a real personal relationship. In other words, we're accountable. We're held in check and balance with God through the Holy Spirit. And he says you're rooted and grounded in God's love. You're firmly fixed. You're established to be able to be stable and settled in love. Established, firmly fixed, stable, settled And not what everybody thinks of you. Not in comparisons. Not in am I good enough? Not in do I have what it takes? Not in will everybody like me? 
No, it says you will be established and fixed and stable and settled in agape, in love. That's, agape is the Greek word for the pure love of God. You'll be firmly... Listen, if, when we, if we, Paul prayed this often. He prayed it in Colossians that we would, our eyes would be open, that we would know and understand we'll get there about God's love because when that happens in a person's life, it doesn't really matter what anybody else thinks. It doesn't even matter what we think because over time our thinking will change. Romans 12 tells us, hey, we need to stop comparing and living ourselves according to the world's pattern and start living after the way God created us to live. And that happens when our minds are changed and we'll know God's will, that perfect, acceptable will of God. When our minds get changed, our minds get changed when the word of God drops truth bombs on the inside of us and blows up it dismantles things that are not real things that are false things that are fantasy things that are fleshly things that are carnal things that are of this world and when god's word drops on the inside of us it becomes alive it's active it's explosive it can cut it's sharp but yet at the same time it can heal and it can mend and it can root up but it can also build up god's word does that in us and he says this he transitions a little more verse 18 you guys with me I know I sped up a little bit. I looked at the clock. I'm like, I'm going to move on. It says, and then he says in verse 18, he says, May you have the power to understand. Talking about God's love. May you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. He says, May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. But he's praying this. He says, it's possible that you can experience the love of Christ. He says, then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. That, that last little part right there, man. You'll be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from how many people like me on Facebook? Does it say that? No, because Facebook didn't exist back then. You'll be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Three parts here. He says, understand God's love. I pray you will understand God's love. Not just a head knowledge, but here's the the deeper meaning of that, of understand. It means to personally lay hold of, to make it your own, to obtain for yourself. In other words, he's praying, hey, I'm praying that you will personally lay hold of God's love. I'm praying that you will personally make God's love your own. I'm praying you will personally obtain God's love for yourself. He says, as everyone should be able to. I love that because that means no one can be turned away from God's love. We all have opportunity to understand God's love, to make it personal to lay hold of it personally in our own life. Because he said you need to experience the dimensions of his love. He says it's it's wide and it's long. His love is how wide and how long, he says. It's enduring and it's inclusive. It's it's wide, it's long, it's enduring, it's inclusive. His love is enduring. God's love has been enduring for you ever since you were born. God's love has been walking alongside of you trying to get your attention ever since you were born. God's love was with you when you made the worst mistakes of your life. 
And he's trying to get your attention because it's enduring. And it's inclusive, meaning, hey, you have not ruined your chance. You have not ruined your opportunity for God's love to be real in your life. You have not ruined your opportunity. I feel that so strong today. You have not ruined your opportunity for you to be loved by God because God loves you. So you are fearfully and wonderfully made in His image. He says you need to experience the dimension of His love because it's high and it's deep. You got wide, you got long, you got high, you got deep. It's deeply intimate and far-reaching. It's endless love beyond measure. Wow. Far-reaching. You're not too far gone. You're not too far that God can't reach you. He says you need to make it personal, Paul's praying this. Make it personal. And then he says, man, I'm praying that you will experience his love. To experience it means to feel it pouring into you until you are filled to overflowing. If I just took a pitcher of water and poured it into this cup and just kept pouring it and pouring it and pouring it and it fills up, but it spills over and I don't stop. I'm just pouring and pouring and pouring and pouring and pouring. That's, how, that's a picture of God's love for us that he wants us to experience. That when we experience his love for our life, for our soul, for who we are, his love has such a way of healing. His love has such a way of forgiving. His love has such a way of mending. His love has such a way of attaching to us and washing us and purifying us and, and making it known of who we really are. See, I'm praying you would experience. I don't want you just to know it in your head, know it in your brain, but I want you to experience it in the depths of your soul, the real love of God. And he said, and then you will be made complete. But this, the activation of, of power and love is found in that middle verse, verse 17, as you use your faith, as you trust in Jesus, as you live with this persuasion and this reliance upon Christ in a personal relationship. Does it mean you get it perfect? Does it mean you get it right every day? It means that time and time again, day in and day out, the source of everything in your life is Jesus. As long as you are looking to Him, as long as you are talking to Him, as long as you are looking and and, and pledging your heart and your devotion and your love back to Him in a real relationship and talk to Him and, and He will talk to you. But as we use our faith, he said, we'll have this power and we'll have this love in our life. And love without power, I told you about power without love, it's a show off of nothing. Love without power is simply being religious. 
2 Timothy 3, 5, Paul again writing, but talking about the last days of, of, of this earth and wrote about it so long ago. It's like those who love, those who have, have this act of religion going on, but they deny the power of God that can change them. And so we can't just have power without love, and we can't just have love without power. We are called to have power and love, love and power working in our life. The power of greatness, the life of greatness working in us, the life of greatness living in us, and the life of Jesus, who is love, alive on the inside of us that changes who we are, changes everything about us. To not just be a religious person, but to be a person who is in love with the real Jesus and have a real relationship with Him. But as we trust Him, there, there's, there's so much uh, that, that God wants to do in our life, and, and I'm limited on time. But there's so much, Jeremy, if you'll stand up, man. There's so much, if you'll stand up, Becky. There, there's, there's so much... Uh, in you right now that that God has placed in you that such it's like if if we could see your heart beat it would it's beating so big for people beating so big for people and God said it, it, it's time to let go of fear it, and it, it, it's time to let go of, of feeling like you 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 may miss it and make a mistake. God said, there's so many people in your path that you're going to start, you're just, you're just going to start ministering to them. You're just going to have this, this divine connection with people. That the way you, the way you see, the way you talk, the way you interact with others, God says, it's all about the change. That you're not a peon in the kingdom of God. You're not an underling. You're not a you're not a last place finisher. That God's power and God's love exist in you. And you wore that shirt, lifestyle Christianity, whose anthem, by the way, is power and love. <laughs> but the Lord showed me you showed me this to you, and I and I and I was determined whether you were here or whether you were watching through the lens, I was gonna I was gonna minister to you today. I'm glad you're here. But the two of you, there, there's, so, there's, there's more that God sent he's about to do through you. Your heart's desire and how, God, how you want God to use you. You're about to see more of it happen. You're about to see more of it happen. He said, don't, you don't need to live in fear. Don't live afraid. Don't live in the box. But live it's there. He said, it's already in you. There's so much God wants to speak through you and do through you to minister to other people. And you don't need to worry about what anybody else thinks. You just need to let the Holy Spirit be alive. Let greatness and love flow in you. It's there. Today, the dam is being broken in Jesus' name. The dam's being broken in Jesus' name. The dam, it's been clogged. It's been, it's been bogged up by many things, but today the Lord says, today I'm breaking it wide open. There's a flood of my spirit. There's a flood of my anointing. There's a flood of my power. There's a flood of my love flowing through you. 
And there's so many giftings that I've placed inside of you. And now's the time, God says. Turn them loose. Turn them loose and let them go. And let me use you. Let me anoint them. Let me empower you with it now, today, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Does that bear witness with you? Come on, let's thank the Lord for a second. Let's thank the Lord for a second. Mm. How many of you all are like together over here? All right, way to pack a pew out. These all with you? All right. Every one of them? Every single one of you? Okay. Hmm. Can you guys, you guys stand up for me? I see like this sword that's on fire. And I see these arrows that have been lit with fire. Some of you are footsmen and some of you are archers. And you've been asking, when will I be launched? When will I be called on? When will my opportunities arise? Some of you have been kind of thinking lately about, well, maybe I might have missed it. Maybe I might have just let that opportunity go. Or maybe I should just really give up on what I've been thinking the Lord has for me. But today the Lord says, I'm reminding you. We prayed this morning that God would remind us, or I did one. I don't remember where I was, but I prayed that God would remind us what we needed to be reminded of. Yeah, I prayed it up front earlier. And you need the Lord's reminding you today. The Lord's reminding you today. You aren't forgotten. You aren't lost arrows tossed in the back of some storage room. You aren't some old rusted up swords that people left behind. No, what's been happening is God has been forging you. God has been sharpening you. God has been preparing you. And he's reminding you today that, hey, so what about yesterday? So what about what happened in your past a a year ago? I heard about a year ago. He's saying, so what? So aren't I God? Did I not form the entire earth, heavens and earth? In six days, and then I just sat back and chilled on the seventh day? He didn't say chill, I added that, but I spoke and I made it happen. He said, So what about what happened? I am the God who redeems, I am the God who restores, I am the God that what 
that can take what looked to be harmful to you and maybe even to somebody else you know. And I take it and I turn it all around for your good and my glory, says God. So you are flaming swords, flaming arrows, that God is going to put you in the right hands of leadership. He's going to put you in the right hands of leadership that are going to care for you. They're going to take their time with you. They're going to get to know your story. They're going to take you out to eat and spend money on coffee that costs so much money because they just want time with you. They want, there's some leaders in your life in the near future God set up for you that that they've been praying for you. They've been waiting on your arrival. And, they, and when you get there, don't be surprised when so many different ones start asking you, hey, can we talk? Can we meet? I want to hear about you. Because you, you are important. You matter. What the enemy had tried to create is wasted goods. God has not just salvaged, but God has restored. And when he restores it, that means he makes it like it was first new, first created. But with God's restoration comes a story. And out of your story, God will use you to help other people. That he's got some, some important, significant places that he wants to send you down the road. But right now, what is going to happen is the swords and the arrows are going to be sharped, sharpened. They're, they're going to be, they're going um, to be well taken care of. If I, could, if that, I think that's the way the Lord wants me to say it. You're going to be well taken care care of. And here's the thing, lastly, completely forgive everything in your past. Completely forgive it. Just let it go. Doesn't mean you got to talk to anybody. Doesn't mean you got to hit somebody up and let them know, hey, I forgive you or whatever. You just need to do that in your heart. You just need to do that in your heart because the forgiveness is not about them. The forgiveness is about you and it releases you to move forward into your future. And so in Jesus' name, if you can, lift your hands. In Jesus' name, I just pray over this crew today. Just pray over this crew today. You would wash them by your love today right now. Let the, the pure love of the Heavenly Father wash all over them right now. Reassure them, God, that you called them and you didn't make a mistake. You called them and you are not reneging on your offer. You called them and you're not going back. You are still good on your word. You called and you will make them useful. You will make them beneficial. You will make them sharp. You will make them straight in the sense of when they move, they will hit their target. You will cause them to be full of the flame of God. A fire that will spark revivals wherever you send them. 
Yes, you will use them beyond what they ever thought was even possible. You will use them. You will use them. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Come on, let's thank the Lord. I listen, I'll close with this last part. It, verse 20, 21. It's, depending on the translation you look at. I love it how Paul says, he goes, now. He just said all this. He's like prayed all this. And now he's like, now. <laughs> now. And the Passion says, the Passion translation says, now never doubt God's ability to accomplish all of this. Because usually what happens, we get a revelation of his word or someone will speak a prophetic word in our life and we start to wonder, how is this going to happen? And right at the end, Paul's like, now, never doubt God's ability to accomplish all of this. And the translations vary and they say, because our God is a God who is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we may ask or think according to the power that works within us. You see, greatness might be asleep in some of you today, but greatness is in you. Greatness is in you. You, 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 mm-mm-mm. Can we just take a minute here, guys, ladies, children? all the children of God in the house. Mm. Greatness is in this vessel. For at times you thought you had to wear the mantle of your grandfather. You thought it had to look like him. But just like David told Saul, I'm not cut out to wear your armor. I have my own way, the way God made me, the way God forged me, the way God created me. I'll use my own five smooth stones and my slingshot in my hand and the staff he's given me. Today the Lord wants to remind you, let greatness wake up. You've been hitting snooze too long. Let greatness have its time in your life. You've been pushing it to the side, thinking I'm not ready, thinking I don't have what it takes, thinking I don't look like, I don't sound like, I don't don't think I am. And God's reminding you today, letting you know, hey, it's time for greatness to wake up. It's time for greatness to wake up. It's time for greatness to come alive. You guys hold hands. It's time for greatness to come alive. Mm. hell has fought you hard hell has come against you in so many different ways but today you stand together as one together in the spirit of the Lord as one and today the Lord is reminding you your union is great your household is great Your offspring is great. Your future is great, not in the sense that you may think, but in the sense of God's life, God's love, 
God's power flowing through you. What you used to focus on, what used to get your most attention, where you used to exhaust your energy, God says, let all of that go. God says, let all of that go. Now your focus will shift. Now your energy will take a new turn. It's a new highway God's carved out for you. So this is the path you need to take. A path of less worry. A path of less fear. A path of letting go and letting God. Let greatness arise. Let greatness come alive. Today's the day, now's the hour. At this moment, let the greatness of the Holy Spirit that lives inside of you come alive. There there are things that are going to fall off of you. Weights and shackles. Things you, 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 you've thought, man, I'm supposed to carry this. But God says you're not meant to carry that. And with good intentions, the Lord says no more, no more are you to carry. And so things are falling off of you. The Spirit of God is causing things to just fall right now. Just to, just to fall right off. You don't even have to pry. All you've got to do is let loose. Let loose. And let greatness take its course in Jesus name in Jesus name in Jesus name can you stand up buddy you've come to some you've experienced some crossroads and you've been kind of like I'm not sure which way to go I look this way and it looks pretty good. I look this other way and it looks all right. But I still am hesitant because I just don't know which way to go. I feel pulled here in one direction, but there's a part of me that also feels pulled back in this other direction. And today, The Lord wants to remind you what you sense right now is your direction. What you feel right in the very center of your chest. He says, that's me. That's your direction. See, this won't be the only time you'll go through life standing at a crossroads. But the next time you stand at a crossroads, you won't stand there and look around and be like, man, I just don't know what to do. God said, this moment right here, mark it, July 18th, 2021, 11.54 a.m. You will be reminded of this moment from here on out the rest of your life. You will never be confused. You will never be disoriented. You will never wonder which way to go again because what you are experiencing right now, God says, this is your direction. He said, and now just walk in that way and I will help you. I will grace you. I will strengthen you. I'll give you the wisdom you need. I'll give you all the help that you need if you'll just go in this direction. This is your direction. In Jesus' name.
in Jesus' name.